You may be seated. Wow, we're uh, starting Revelation chapter 6, the seals of justice. We're going to cover six seals today. Um, so I would encourage you to grab a Bible from the pew, open it up to Revelation chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, your own Bible, you can open that up as well. Um, but you're going to want to have it in front of you. Keep a finger on Revelation, and then we're going to be jumping to a lot of Old Testament passages tonight. The seals of justice, we have hope for justice is coming. Justice has come. It's in the common, the form of the cross, and anybody who believes in Christ will be saved and, and receive Christ's justice in the cross. If you don't receive that, then the second justice that is coming is coming, the, the day of Yahweh. That is coming. So in what do we have hope? We have hope in the cross. And we have hope that God's going to make everything right. That judgment for the wrong things is coming. And that brings hope. We have a hope in the twofold justice of God. Twofold. First, justice in the cross. And second, justice in the coming day of Yahweh. So here we have Jesus' outline. It's important to remember the outline for Revelation. He tells John in, in Revelation 1.19 to write what was seen, which is Jesus glorified. And then he tells John to write what is which is the seven churches, which is Revelations 2 through 3. And then he says to John, write what will be. And it, what will be is Revelation 4 through 22, which is Jesus' judgments and the seven seals, trumpets, and the bulls. And so we are in Revelation chapter 6 tonight, and we are starting the seven seals. And 4 and 5 are the introduction to the, the counsel of God to open up the seven seals. And who was worthy? Who was worthy to open the seals? The Lamb. That's right. The Lamb is worthy. So what is the Old Testament background for God's judgment? So there's three example passages, and there's many more than this, but they, these are three that I pulled out. Uh, Leviticus 26, 14 through 33. Uh, and we're not going to read that one tonight. It's too long. But Deuteronomy 32, 23 through 27. Isaiah 13, 6 through 16. We're going to read the Deuteronomy passage tonight. Deuteronomy 32, 23. God says, I will heap disaster upon them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger, devoured by plague and, poison, and poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of the beast against them with the venom of things that crawl in the dust. Outdoors the sword shall be shall bereave. And in those terror for the young man and woman alike, the nursing child and the gray man with gray hairs. I would have said, I will cut them to pieces. I will wipe them from human memory. So, and had I not feared provocation from the enemy, lest their adversaries should misunderstand, lest they should say, our hand is triumph, it was not Yahweh who did all of So this is an Old Testament context for judgment. You heard a lot of things in there. Pestilence, sword, right? Wild beasts, famine, 
right? These are things that God uses for judging of the world and even judging or disciplining of his own people. Deuteronomy, that is written to the Israelites when they do not keep covenant with God. So what's the Old Testament context for the four horsemen of Revelation 6? And there's actually two passages uh, for that, and we're going to read them both. That's in Zechariah 1, 7 through 17, and Zechariah 6, 1 through 8. Let's look at them now. We're going to start Zechariah 1, 8 through 10. And it says, I saw in the night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the mortal trees in the glen, and behind him were red, sorrel, and white horses. Then I said, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me said, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the molar trees answered, said, answered, These are whom Yahweh has sent to patrol the earth. And now we're going to jump to Zechariah 6, 1 through 7. And it says in Zechariah 6, 1 through 7, Again, I lifted my eyes and I saw, behold, Four chariots came from between two mountains, and mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second black horses, and the third white horses. And the fourth chariot, chari the fourth chariot dappled horses, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel answered and said to me, These are going out to the four winds of heaven, after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. The chariot with the black horses goes to the north country, and the white ones goes after them, and the dappled one goes to the south country. When the strong horses came out, they were impatient to go and patrol the earth. And he said, go, patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Interesting, huh? Controlling the earth. Here we see the Old Testament concept of four horses and chariots in, in the second passage, but four horsemen horse patrolling the earth. And they're doing it at whose command? God's command, Yahweh's command. And John in Revelation 6, 1 through 8, he takes this concept and he expands on it and has all four horsemen, horsemen as instruments, instruments of the wrath of Yahweh and of the Lamb, instruments to bring God's justice. God chooses all, throughout the Old Testament and throughout the Bible to use human means or human rulers to bring forth his justice and to bring forth his justice, judgment. Who, who, uh, who did he use to discipline Israel for not keeping their Sabbath? Two kingdoms particularly for the north of it, northern Israel, he, he used Assyria, right? Who did he use for southern Israel, for Judah? Babylon, right? So he is in the business of using the human rulers to judge his people and to judge not only his people, but to judge the earth, Okay? So we have them as instruments of wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. 
Okay, guys, I think you clicked off of my screen there. Can you click back over there for me? Thank you. So let us have hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh. This isn't something to get scared about. Revelation is to give us hope. Hope to know that justice is coming. Justice is coming and to remind us that justice has come in the cross. Remember, he was the lamb who was slain, right? And he's called for each of us to come to him. And he's made us a kingdom of priests. Today is the day of salvation. It's today. It's not tomorrow. Because tomorrow might bring the wrath of the Lamb, the day of Yahweh. But there's also hope in that, because the day of Yahweh is bringing justice to the earth. Justice for all those who refuse Christ. So we have hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Turn with me to Revelation 6, 1. It says, Now I watched the Lamb open one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a loud, with a voice like thunder, come. And I looked and behold a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer. The word come is a command. This reminds us that the whole, that, uh, this reminds us who is in control, right? For it is spoken from one of the four living creatures who are representing Yahweh and the Lamb. So who is in control? Who's calling him out? God's in control, right? He's seated on the throne, right? And who's breaking the seal? The Lamb, right? The Lamb, God, is in control of this situation. So what does the white horse and the, and the horseman symbolize in this context? Because it's all symbol, right? This is all symbol for this. What does it symbolize? Well, some think it represents the Messiah conquering through the spread of the gospel. That's what some people propose. This is not a very congruent with the three other horses and with the theme of judgment and justice of the passage. It just doesn't fit very well. But yet I would agree that it looks like a Messiah figure. He's what color? White. He's riding on a white horse, right? He has a bow in his hand. You could take that as a bow of war. Or you could take that as maybe a bow of promise. But he has a bow in his hand. So he's posing is what I would say. So he's not the Messiah, but he is a the horse and rider are representing the Antichrist or many Antichrists. And I think that this is the Antichrist spoken of in Daniel 9.26. Let's look at Daniel 9.26. It's speaking of Daniel's 70th week. And after 62 weeks, an anointed shall one shall be cut off. That's speaking right there of Jesus and him being crucified and shall have nothing. And that is, uh, can be calculated uh, to the day. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood, and to the end there shall be war. Desolations are decreed. The people of the prince is that, an, that, uh, that antichrist figure. Okay? 
And if you want to study that more, then I would suggest uh, you come on September 6th to Wednesday night, and we're going to discuss Daniel's 70th week and how that fits into Revelation's description of the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. The right horse and rider will be a victorious for a time because white is, a, is not only a color of purity or righteousness, but it's also a color for conquering and for victory. For he is the beast of Revelation 13, 5 through 8, who conquers and who is victorious. But as we know, he is not victorious forever. Even though they are going against the saints, we need to be reminded that they are an instrument of the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. He's using them to judge and to pour out his wrath upon the world. Just like he did Babylon. Just like he did, uh, did with Assyria. Just like he did with Egypt. The nations are tools in the hand of God. Let us have hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Hope in the cross, right? Today is the day of salvation. Hope that justice, full justice is coming, even for the unrepentant, right? Revelation 6, 3 says, and then he opened the second seal. Jesus opened the second seal, and I heard the second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. I got some cool artwork. I've got some people drawing some cool stuff, so thanks for doing that. The command come reminds us that Yahweh and the Lamb are in control. And I just want to say this to you. You know, right now in your life, whatever's going on, you can know that God is using it for a purpose. And that purpose is to shape you and form you into the image of Jesus. He's in control. Will you trust him in the process? Because God is in control. And God uses horrific things to bring good things. Think of the cross. How can being crucified, murdered, an innocent man be wrought to bring such good. And yet God did. God brought salvation to all who believe. And I encourage you tonight to believe. Confess Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. A great sword symbolizes making war over all the earth. Not a spot on the earth will be at peace. Those peaceful spaces now on the earth. But in the day when this red horse comes forth, all peace will be taken. The red horse symbolizes the shed blood for more. Remember the horse and the rider are instruments of wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. Let us hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Let us hold on to that reality. Revelation 6, 5 through 6 says, When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse. 
and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. Black symbolizes famine as shown in Lamentations 5.10 in the Septuagint. Our skin has been blackened like an oven. They are shriveled by the storm of the famine. Scales were used to purchase food. Who uses a scale sometimes in the produce department to figure out how much that's going to cost, right? By weight, right? Or now if you're doing your own checkout, it's like put it on the scale, right? Find the item, right? Well, here we have wheat which represents the food of the wealthy, and it's a denarius. It's, it's, it's exorbitant prices, a day's wage. And barley represents the food of the poor. All will be affected by the famine. All will pay exorbitant prices for the food. Why is the oil and the wine left out? That's a good question. The text does not say. It doesn't give clarity to that. Yet it does further demonstrate that this horse and rider, this famine, are instruments of the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb and limited by him. So let us have hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Hope in what Christ has done hope in what Christ is going to do in the day of Yahweh. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the four living creatures say, what, church? Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. The first three horses and riders are representing the natural realm. They're using famine. They're using uh, rulers, war on the earth. It's the natural realm. The fourth horse... And the rider are all representing the supernatural realm, the fallen supernatural realm. Death, Hades, and all his followers, right? The horse is pale. Greenish gray, representing death and decay. I think the artist did a good job of, of drawing that creature, that demon, really. Thanatos, the god of death, rides it, or death rides it, and Hades follows him. Now, for my discussion of death and Hades and Jesus having the keys of death, on, of, of death and Hades, listen to June 14th. So here's the QR code to grab that and go listen to that. I would uh, encourage you to do that. I don't have time to go into the personification of death and Hades tonight. Um, but if you are curious about that or want to know more about that, then listen to that, uh, that talk. Um, it'll be enlightening. 
Death and Hades are given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill. And to kill by pestilence, by disease, by famine, by famine, by sword, by <coughs> by wild beasts. Right? And if you go back and you will read Deuteronomy or you read Leviticus, you see those are the ways God chooses to judge the earth. This is God's wrath being poured out on the earth. Because who gives them this authority? They're given the authority. Well, Yahweh does. Yahweh and the Lamb have given them the authority to judge the earth. This is Yahweh's justice. It's just. He's using them as tools. And they will, too, be judged, right? If we read far enough along in Revelation, we see that death and Hades are cast into the lake of fire. So death and Hades are instruments of the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. His instruments. So let us have hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Hope in the cross. Hope in the day of Yahweh. Revelation 6, 9 says, Then he, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you ju will judge and avenge your blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they, some, they themselves had been. Luke 18, 6 through 8 says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? He will, will he delay long over them? Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when a, the Son of Man comes, he, will he find faith on the earth? Which altar? Now, under the altar, which altar is this? Well, given the context of Revelation 8, 3 through 4, which is the altar of incense, the heavenly altar of incense, I think it would make sense that this altar is also the altar of incense, the heavenly altar, not the physical altar that was on earth, but the heavenly altar of incense. What's the significance of the souls being under the altar? And, and, and I think that they're under the altar to show uh, and demonstrate their security and safety of the throne. The altar is right before the throne. So they're in the presence of God. They're secure. They're safe. They, they no longer are in danger. Who are these souls? Where it says that these souls are Christians in the tribulation who have been martyred for the faith. Because of the word of their testimony and the word of God, they, they, they perished. They, did, they, they didn't turn from Christ. And they are lamenting for justice. How many here lament for justice, long for justice? You look around at our society and we want justice. Even people who don't know God want some form of justice. And so we can join them in their lament, the lament for justice. 
being reminded of Christ clothing us with his righteousness, right? And resting in his work and his plan. The day of Yahweh is the work of the Lamb, right? And it is coming. And it's not one day. It's a day in that is an expression of a period of time. Revelation 6, 12 through 14 says, When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth, the full moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as, frig, a, as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that's being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. This is definitely strong day of Yahweh language. The sun shall be torn to darkness in Joel 2.31 and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of Yahweh comes. Or this passage in Isaiah 34, 1-4, it says, Draw near, O nations, to hear and give attention, O peoples. Let the earth hear and all that fills it, the world and all that comes from it. For the Lord is enraged against the nations and furious against all their hosts. He has devoted them to destruction, has given them over for slaughter. Their slain shall be cast out and the stench of their corpses shall rise. The mountains shall flow with their blood. All the hosts of heaven shall rot away. And the skies roll up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall, and the leaves fall as leaves fall from the vine, like leaves falling from the fig tree. The sixth seal speaks of the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb against the earth, the physical earth, it's the, the, the signs in heaven and earth. But it also is against the spiritual hosts of heaven, the spiritual beings, the fallen beings. They are going to also be judged in the wrath of Yahweh and the Lamb. So this is twofold of both the physical earth and the spiritual realm. So let us have hope in the full justice of Yahweh and the Lamb. Revelation is a book of hope. Hope that justice will be done. Revelation 6, 15 through 17. Then it says, Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful, everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves among the rocks and the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can Nobody's left out. Nobody's left out of the justice of God. So I ask you this. They hide, and yet they don't repent. They want to die, and yet they don't repent. How will we respond to Yahweh and the Lamb? How will we respond to the twofold justice? Today is the day of salvation. Today.
The cross has paid it all. Oh, Christ has paid it all on the cross. And all to him we owe. Will you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and receive the justice of God in the cross? If you reject that and you say, no, I won't repent, no, I won't accept that, then you are going to face the justice of the day of Yahweh. That is the reality. And that is the choice between us. Will we hope in the twofold justice of Yahweh and the Lamb? The hope of the justice in the cross and in the coming day of Yahweh. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your justice. We thank you that we have hope that you are bringing justice to this world. And no, it's not like we would want it necessarily, but you will bring it in the way that you want and when you want it. And until then, may we just hope in you, in your twofold justice, the justice of the cross and in the day of Yahweh, to know that you will come when you come and that we are yours and that you will take care of us and we trust you in that. We rest in you in that. We ask that you come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come. In Jesus' name, amen.